Happy New Year from all of us at Creativity Design Group and welcome to the first episode of 2023 of the CDG BizCast. I'm your host, Christian Gonzalez, co-owner of Creativity Design Group, a digital marketing firm in Houston, Texas. Today we are going to be having an open discussion on how business owners can improve their overall customer experience. And these rules will apply if you have a service-based business, or a storefront where you serve customers at. Joining me today is my wonderful group of panelists. Please welcome Dana, Justin, Lauren, and Sarah. These panelists combine a great deal of knowledge as they have worked in the retail industry and are also loyal consumers to many different brands. As we enter a brand new year, everybody is making New Year's resolutions. As business owners, this is also very important for you to do too. Start thinking about what you want to do to make your business better in 2023. And when I say make business better, how can you make your customer interactions better? What can you do to truly improve upon the customer experience? What can your business do that your competitors are not doing? When people come to you to conduct business, when they come to you to buy stuff, They're looking to have a stellar experience. It should be a five-star experience every time. Never settle for less than that. Not even a four-star. Four-star is not good enough. You want to land five-star experiences every single time you handle a customer. What you need to do is start thinking about what can you do to improve interactions with your customers or your customer service strategy what can you do to make your customers interactions better as well as improve your customer service strategy so I am going to ask my wonderful group of panelists who are all consumers and have also worked in retail in years past as well what they think what do you guys want to see change when you go somewhere when you go to a store a restaurant maybe a service-based business what do you want to see change well first one massive one for me is Barclays customer service I've done a couple videos and exposed them quite a few times they're constantly saying they can't do something when they absolutely can do it and like for example if you need a temporary reversal on a payment that isn't going to be taken and you've got proof of it they can reverse that but some of them are trying to fob you off by saying oh we can't do that you have to wait blah 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 it's all bullshit like excuse my language um and it's just yeah just in general they seem to be fobbing you off with more than just that as well if you need help with something they'll say no we can't do this but then if you threaten them like i did one week i still made the video about them i I said to a guy if something along the lines that if, if you don't do your job, I will literally make a YouTube, another YouTube video on Barclays exposing you not doing your job. And then all of a sudden he, he could do his job. Yeah. In fact, your experience reminds me quite a bit of what Art Nashton from Trilogy Media did with their horrible, nightmarish experience with Western Union. They made a whole video basically documenting every single problem they had trying to conduct business with Western Union. And sometimes that's what it takes. When your company is not giving a five-star experience, and like I said a few minutes ago, four-star experience shows that it's not good enough either. But in your case, this isn't even a four-star experience or even a three-star. This is a one-star experience. Sometimes they don't even deserve one star. Nope. You know, it's ridiculous. 
And it's like they're always fobbing you off. They'll be like, oh, we can't do this. But in reality, they just can't be bothered to do their frigging job. They just want to get paid for doing nothing. Yeah, that is sadly the problem with today's work ethic, especially with younger people. A lot of people in Gen Z, for example, Generation Z, they don't want to work. Their idea of making money is getting on TikTok and showing off inappropriate pictures and hoping that their viewers will just throw money at them. They don't want to get a real job where they go in and they're actually helping people out. Because without good employees, your organization will collapse. And it sounds like that in your case, Barclay is giving you a zero star experience. Of course, you have to give at least one star to leave a review on every platform. And that's terrible because there are companies just like this one, who don't even deserve one star. This is what I call the hot potato effect, where the first agent you talk to doesn't want to do their job, doesn't want to deal with you, and they pass you on to somebody else who also does not want to do their job, and then they pass you on to yet another agent. And it's just incredibly unprofessional, it's callous, it shows that they don't care about the customer, and they just want to go to work, do nothing, and get paid. They just don't care it's very very bad i understand people trying to get paid um and they they need a job to be able to pay for food etc but you need to be able to do your job like if you don't want to do a job where you have to do like stuff that they're fobbing you off with at barclays when it's clearly their job go and do something else to get money you know what i mean and they seem to employ people that have no clue either it's like sometimes you talk to someone and um a freaking lamppost has more freaking brains than that person Mm-hmm. i've experienced that all the time even not only when i call service-based businesses but even when i go to stores and restaurants there's just such a really bad lack of worth ethic and it's gotten to the point to certain companies are trying to replace human workers with robots and i know that Walmart has toyed with this idea, and so has Kroger, where go into the store, and I read about this back in 2017. It was just an idea, but it never came to fruition. Cashierless stores, and they don't even have self-checkouts either. So how it works is you make a shopping cart, you load it up with all the items you want to buy, and then with your smartphone using the app, that they tell you to download you scan all the items with your phone and check out on your phone mm, i've heard of that but it's ridiculous because it's going to encourage people to steal more you know? sad it's an easy way for people to steal sad but true sadly theft is also an ongoing problem here in the u.s as well mm. and that's that's another subject for another day well i was gonna i was going to add on to what you were saying about if i may the uh cashierless stores I heard Amazon, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong with my company, but I believe it was Amazon that offers those cashierless stores. And somehow they have a method that is making it work. Now, I personally, as a cashier, don't agree with cashierless stores. But I think it was Amazon that actually started one of their little sub-stores with uh, cashierless stores. They've been doing quite well with it. I agree it's not the best way to go, but with all this cost cutting and lack of worth ethic, those are the two main reasons why we're seeing stores go cashierless or just robotic altogether. In fact, in Fort Worth, in Fort Worth, Texas, the first ever automated McDonald's just opened up. They have no employees. It's all done by robots on an assembly line. All the food is being cooked 
on an assembly line by robots. I'm sorry, how? How? That's no good for someone like me because I get stressed out easily. And if I need help, I need help there and then. And I'm I I sometimes I shout at freaking um, the checkout things and the self service things. Oh, she could yeah, just imagine me in that. a place like that shouting and screaming at these pissing robots. Right. <laughs> I've been too, Lauren. Trust me. Trust we me. all have. Was, oh yeah. Well, I used to work at uh, my local CVS, and CVS has actually gone with some what they call ACOs, um, automated checkout machines. And I couldn't begin to tell you how many times I had to go around the counter from where I was just to help out at the ACO. Like every transaction I had at the counter uh, with the actual customer as a cashier, I had at least two to three ACO transactions that need help. Computers aren't perfect. Ridiculous. Computers yeah, aren't perfect. Ridiculous. I that that actually is Amazon that has the uh, cashierless stores. They're called the Amazon Fresh, I believe. Those stores are actually uh, in the process of being abandoned because it's proven too costly to keep them stocked. Mm-hmm. Theft was too much of an issue. I can imagine that. It is hard to find honest employees these days. I mean, I've read story after story after story about cashiers at Walmart getting themselves arrested because they were pocketing money that was supposed to go into the cash register. But, you know, that's that's another topic for another day. But I see exactly what you mean. Shrink in general is causing stores to suffer because when they have to take losses because of stolen or damaged merchandise... It hurts their overall bottom line. And guess who pays for that? We do, the consumers. How do we pay for it? Because they have to increase their prices, recover their losses from said damaged or stolen merchandise. Yeah, and that's the sad thing is that far too many people seem to think that stealing from a store is okay. It's not because that's money that has to be covered by a price increase somewhere else in the products they sell. Mm-hmm. That's right. They have to increase their prices on everything else they sell in the store. They pass the cost on to the customer. That's what ends up happening. So in addition to the shrink that you mentioned, I actually, not only just being a cashier at a grocery store, I also restock the shelves. They, they tell us that if it has a small dent in it, bring it to receiving to damage it out to a, I'm like, I wouldn't mind a small dent on the bottom of my can. I wouldn't mind purchasing that, but they say if you won't purchase it, don't put it on the shelf. And it, it's just mind-boggling how much what people, what the consumer does not realize is how many items go to the damages and receiving because of a small dent in the can. Mm. I mean, the product itself is fine, but you know the the can because it's all about the aesthetics. Why a lot of it goes to damages because of the aesthetics. It's not just the aesthetics. When there's a dent in that, it can actually compromise structural integrity and therefore food safety quality because it can cause alterations in the interior environment and result in a less than completely sterile environment leading to food safety issues. I've just remembered in um, some places because they're doing it because I don't drink alcohol, but on even on non-alcoholic drinks, they now put security tags and you need to speak to a member of staff to get that removed. And if they've got these machines all the time and no workers around and we've got to use pay on our phones, who's going to take the security tags off things? Yeah, that's a good question. 
And you got to use security tags because there's just so much theft going on. There's just no way around it. Who will take off the security tags? It is possible that if it's a automated store, they might have a few employees on hand just to keep an eye on operations, make sure everything's running smoothly. That also includes removal of security devices. They'll just need to confirm that the customer has paid for the item before they'll remove the tag. I just wanted to add to the dented tin thing that mm-hmm. we were talking about. Yes. Um, we have a we have a superstore over here called Tesco's who do uh, all sorts of things. Well, many, many years ago in the 80s, they used to um, reduce the dented can and they used to have a whole section of dented cans of all sorts of things. Sometimes it had no labels on, so it was a guess what it is sort of scenario. So they used mm-hmm. to be like something like 10p each because they couldn't send them back. So they had got some money and a lot of the money they used to put to charities. So in those days, they did actually sell the cans. And that is, we got quite a lot of good stuff from those cans. Mm. What I'm trying to say is there's, you know, that upper lip in the can below or above where the the can lid is. And that in itself is dented, which has no link to the product itself. Even a small dent in that upper lip can cause a product to go back to receiving. It just shows you though, you're talking about sort of 30 odd, 40 odd years later and they're they're thinking about it's always health and safety whereas back then it wasn't and they didn't have so much shrinkage. True. It depends on the policies offered by the store, what policies the store has in place. I've seen plenty of stores. I know that Walmart and Walgreens both do this. They'll take dented cans or anything that just has minor defects on it and instead of throwing it away or sending it back to receiving, they'll just put it in the clearance section and you can find a whole bunch of these. They're just marked down by a small percentage. And that does benefit the consumer in a way too because they're basically getting a decent product that just has a minor defect in it that doesn't affect the overall quality of the product at a good price. So if it's got a tiny dent in it where, you know, a dent, not a hole, just a minor dent, they're basically getting a new can that's still in good condition. The product is still good. The product is not expired. They're getting a price break on it. Exactly. Yeah. Different stores have different policies. Not only are you helping customers by giving them good deals, it's also important to remember their overall experience the minute they come into your store. How would you change things if you were in charge? What would you do to truly make the experience better? How would you reduce the number of rude interactions or lack of product or slow productivity on the employees? And what would you do to overall make the customer experience a million times better? How would you strive for a 10-star experience over a 5-star experience? Having more customer service on the floor of the place. That's true. I'd say like if you want to be able if you want to have robots etc control everything there needs to be staff around to help people when them situations aren't working mm-hmm, that's right have plenty of staff on hand one thing that i think that a lot of uh, companies don't do is they don't seem to have very good you know, security in their parking lots because i know a lot of businesses have a problem with homeless people hanging around their parking lots harassing their customers. Mm -hmm. This is especially a problem for 
the larger national retailers, right. but local retailers and regional chains are not immune to this problem. Yes, I agree with you on that. And safety is a very, very important aspect of the customer experience. Every store should have safety in mind. And the main reason why you don't see a lot of security at stores is because they're not investing. They view private security guards as expensive. And that also applies too if they try to get off-duty police officers to secure their stores. They view it as expensive and it could result in a price increase on all the major products. Because anytime a store has to make a major investment, the cost is always going to be passed down onto the customer. There are certain stores in my area that I avoid. I'm not going to say which change they are. And the reason I avoid those particular stores is because I know that there's a 50-50 chance that if I go there at certain hours of the day, that uh, I might end up in need of medical care. That's a security problem. They're just neglecting safety, and that's a major, major, major bozo no-no right there. They need to be keeping safety in mind. It's not just about making sure that your customers are taken care of well, but it's also making sure that they're in a safe environment, one where they could shop without fear of getting shot or stabbed or robbed, either in-store or in the parking lot. And how I feel about this... I feel that stores need to make that investment, get some private security, and this is especially true if this store is located in an area of town that's notorious for crime, and we're seeing a lot of crime lately too. So it's important. Protect your merchandise, protect your company assets, but more importantly, protect the people who keep your company alive. That is your customers who come in every day. I agree with you 100%, Justin. Security is very, very important. So to add on to um, what Justin was saying pertaining to, you know, 50-50 chance of getting in the hospital or needing medical care of sorts, don't forget about, I know this is a conversation for another time, a discussion for another time, but don't forget the homeless ceiling from your source that also increases the price of the products because now the company has to invest in the shrink that they're losing because the homeless that are in the area that, you know, the companies don't invest in that security to protect. So it's not just about protecting the consumer or the employees is also about protecting your products. So you want to have that product availability. You want to have that good, you know, product availability that you have, you know, that you're known for. Well, if you don't have that product, because hypothetically speaking here, what if the homeless are stealing it or other people stealing it? Now, I'm just using hypotheticals here, but who's to say that that won't increase um, product demand at that point and then thus eventually increasing the prices of the product because now you go from product availability over to product demand. Mm -hmm. Who yeah. can say that won't happen? That can definitely happen. The key to protecting your company's assets, your inventory, is having a good loss prevention plan in place. What that means is you have a way to reduce shrink. You're ensuring that 
internal theft is covered so you're making sure that employees are not stealing you're making sure that customers are not stealing so you put security tags on your merchandise you ensure that you have an eas system at the front door you know an electronic article surveillance system that's just a fancy name for the alarms by the door that go off when you take an unpaid for product out the door unremoved of the sticker right i'm gonna tell you how many times i you know go to work at cvs and You'd all and I'd always hear the product security system setting off the EAS sensors, and it's like you gotta be kidding me. Products that don't have tags also utilize paper stickers or the barcodes on them serve as a security tag, and when the cashier scans it, it deactivates it. So not necessarily, Christian. If I may, here mm -hmm. I I worked at a department store that sells. For example, you have jackets with the uh, little sensor on the inside by um, by the inside tag on the left. People, customers don't realize is when we sell you that jacket, for example, or the suit or whatever, pants even, if we deactivate that tag, that tag needs to be removed by you. We as the, we as the associate cannot legally remove that tag because that would be considered theft at that point. Right. So. We I, I don't think um, many consumers actually realize this. Those little sensor tags that say, you know, the little tag in there, please, be, uh, please remove after purchase. If you're going to keep that jacket or whatnot, please remove that tag. Because I remember working at the department store I worked at, Cole's department store, and couldn't mean to tell you how many times a customer walks through the front door and they set the alarm off, and I say. I, we have to go over there to check it, you know? It's like, can I just see the inside left of your jacket for a second? And they say, yeah, why? Just just trust me, just see the inside left. And 99% of the time I do that, they have the little EAS tags there. So what customers, what consumers might not realize, those tags need to be removed. Mm -hmm. We're going to keep the product, those need to be removed. Because they reactivate. They reactivate 24 to 48 hours after being deactivated. So if you're going to keep the product, remove that tag. Yeah, that's important because you don't want a false alarm to ruin the customer experience. Stores get sued because customers were falsely accused of shoplifting, and it's usually for cases like this. Not just that. It's also, when I was working at Kohl's, we had to document every single day and time and instance when those sensors went off. If there were, if there were two doors for the uh, store, both sides of the, both register sets um, had to have those... Uh, those logs as well so every time a customer walks in and sets the alarms off because of say for example the sensor the jacket we'd have to document date time and instance and that uh, that also affects the store in terms of uh, loss prevention and whatnot because then lp gets dinged on that even if you say customer walks in sensor on jacket we still get dinged because then we have to verify with the cameras and everything that it's like it's just a whole mess that affects customer service too that's true that's very true it hurts the store's image because then now your your regional manager or at the very least your district manager is going to start an investigation they're going to want to know why is theft so high at your store and and on the customer side they don't want to be called a common thief when they didn't steal anything nobody likes to be accused of stealing when you didn't take anything and that tag instances like that it just ruins the overall experience for the customer they're going to leave the store they're going to call corporate and say so and so at this location accused me of being a thief and i didn't take anything i want so and so fired and then that's not good that's not good for the customer because if you're a national chain any incident that happens at your store reflects on the entire chain as a whole yeah i actually before i had a car had to walk 
my house to the store that I like to shop at, especially for electronic items. And in order to do that, because I live in a gated community and there's not a uh, pedestrian exit, I'd have to take my gate remote with me mm-hmm. so that I could exit my complex. And almost every single time I'd walk through the doors of any department store or grocery store I'd go to, that radio frequency tag that i take with me would set the alarm off when i walk inside wow and then it would go off again on my way out freezes like that sainsbury's here sometimes you don't have to take anything into store nothing has to have a tag on it you can literally scan and pay for your shopping and then sometimes you go to leave and the um detectors are beeping at you and you're like what the fuck i just paid for everything there's no security tags anywhere that gets so annoying sometimes. It is. It can, be, it can also be something in the wallet. I've seen instances where those EAS sensors tags that I mentioned before are in the wallets, believe it or not. And certain brands, high-end brands of wallets, men's wallets, will have those um, those tags. And I've even seen um, instances where they didn't have those EAS sensor tags, but they had something else in there that set it off. For example, a metal, mm-hmm. piece of metal or whatnot. That can set it off. I, I a piece of I metal take, can set that thing off. I rarely take my car, my payment cards or money. I don't take money anyway. I use um, Apple Wallet on my phone, so I rarely have to take a wallet out with me anyway. But yeah, sometimes it just likes to go off. Some wallets have what they call radio frequency ID, which is used to locate the wallet if it gets lost. And that's what's setting off the alarm when you go in. Yeah, being called a thief will definitely, or being accused of being a thief, will definitely ruin the experience. And Justin, how did those instances go for you? Uh, Usually, I actually take it out of my pocket and swing the remote through it and they realized that it was a remote that set it off they usually wouldn't hassle me after that that's good unless i was uh, buying certain things that they know for sure have the tags inside them then they would check my receipt but as is pretty much standard these days yeah yeah mm-hmm. a lot a lot of stores do check receipts when you walk out usually they only check your receipt mainly if you've purchased a large item like an electronic or just big bulky items that couldn't fit in a the bag they just double check it against your receipt and you know the stores are trying to make sure that these are legit purchases that are being made and that these customers are not stealing yes so I know, for example, the um, buying bulk retailers, for example, Costco, Sam's Club, BJ's, um, they will actually have an associate, maybe two depending on um, peak hours, but they'll have an associate or two standing at the exit just to check your receipt. Now, that doesn't always mean that what the customer sometimes does not realize is they don't, they're not always checking to make sure you have everything that you paid for in the cart there are instances where you are for example double scanned for something that you only have one of in your cart so they're also checking that too they just want to make sure you have everything in your cart that's allocated on your receipt yeah and that's what people sometimes don't realize i've, I've heard um at my parents were going with my parents at their local costco and i've heard a customer actually yelling at one of those associates saying you're thinking i'm stealing you know, the product and whatnot. I paid all this money and you think you're checking my receipt because you think I'm stealing? And it's like, come on, dude, give them a break. Yeah. Not silly that. It's just, it's frustrating. 
I know, Justin, you had an instance at Costco that was actually the reverse of what this customer was saying, correct? Okay, I was at a uh, Sam's Club local to me, which is, of course, one of the bulk retailers. It's a national chain. And uh, there was uh, somebody that was several people ahead of me in line waiting to be uh, scanned out of the store. And they found out when the receipt checker looked over the receipt, they noticed that the other customer had been double scanned for a couple of very expensive items. And due to the nature of the card they used, the purchase was not going to be refundable to their card as a refund to the card itself. So uh, they checked with management and the customer to see if the customer wanted to be refunded cash or to uh, have an associate to walk into the back of the store with an empty cart and retrieve the additional items they'd been scanned for or, uh, on their receipt so that they would uh, make sure that they walked out of the store with everything they paid for. Mm-hmm. That's actually good customer service right there to check that, to make sure that customers are not being double charged. It's one thing to check to see if customers are stealing, but it's a completely different thing when you're trying to make sure that customers were not, they were not screwed by the store, I guess you could say, because that is a major mistake to make right there, to be double scanned on a major purchase and then not have the ability to refund it back to their card. This is going to lead us into our next topic. I want to talk about how customer service can be handled better and more professionally because this is a great example. They were overcharged. The store employee noticed it and they wanted to rectify the situation. They didn't want them to go home being charged for an item that they didn't even purchase. An expensive item, no doubt. Did you happen to see what it was that they bought that they were double charged for? I was not privy to that information because the the customer and the associate were taken to the customer service desk. Mm-hmm. And the there were three or four other associates who were checking the rest of the receipts to keep foot traffic moving smoothly. So well, that was uh, everybody was getting to leave the store with everything they paid for. Right. And one of the other employees actually noticed that I'd been double scanned on something that, that I'd paid for. I opted to have them go in the store and retrieve the additional items that I knew I had space for it at my place so it ended up being good for me because they made sure that i was not screwed over by ending up paying for items i did not receive right and that's very important because there are times where customers need to get refund and this is going to be our next topic customers need to get refunds but they make it so hard to get the refund they make you jump through all these hoops just to get it back yeah um, I had uh, yesterday, funny enough, I'd ordered some stuff from Amazon mm-hmm. and um, I had two parcels arrive while I was not at home. So they went to the neighbor's house. So I picked them up, opened them and gone through the first parcel and found that there was, um, I'd ordered a special um, hand brace. Um, because I've got trigger thumb, so I needed a special hand brace. Mm-hmm. So I'd got one from Amazon along with some other stuff. Um, and when I've opened it up, it's actually a knee support. So it was not a hand brace. It was an, just an ordinary knee support. So I thought, 
Right, okay, let's contact Amazon. So I was quite annoyed actually because I need this hand brace. So I tried to contact them um, um, on, on their many contact numbers, which is absolutely impossible, but managed to do the online chat thing and then you do the computer first, like the robot. Mm hmm. And then it puts you through to um, the people who you need to speak to. So anyway, so I've spoken to this chap and um, explained to him what's going on via the computer there. And uh, he was ever so good about it. He said uh, he apologised and said there must have been a mix-up during the picking and all that sort of thing. But the thing that was more annoying for me is that I then had to purchase another um i had to purchase another hand thing because they're not replacing it they will give me the refund and i've had to send it back the um wrong wrong item but they wouldn't give me a um they wouldn't do like a replacement they wouldn't say right well let's send you out what we were supposed to send you in the first place free of charge no i've had to repurchase an item at a far greater amount because I don't trust the price of that particular product being the right thing. So for me, that, that was quite disappointing that they didn't actually go out their way that little bit more customer service on that. And then the other package I got, they'd sent totally the wrong items. Not one thing was correct. Wow. So I'm back on there again. And they said, we're so very sorry. Da, da, da. And the, the, the good thing there is that they actually gave me money for half of that particular, those items that was in there. They gave me half of the money back and apologised and said, we're so sorry, your whole order has got totally mucked up. So I got a sorry and a partial refund and a refund on what they did wrong, but it wasn't 100% brilliant customer service. No, I think it's horrible customer service. That's not how they should treat the customer. If it were up to me, what I would have done was I would have asked you to send back the wrong item, to send it back, and then I would have sent you the replacement item. I wouldn't have had you go in and buy the item again or even suggested that. I would have sent you the right item, and I would have also given you a partial refund as well for the mix-up because that's how you show that you care about your customer. You don't just take their money and then make it impossible for them to get it back or do nothing to rectify the situation. I'm very disappointed to hear that Amazon treated you that way, and that is just very, very unfortunate that you had to go through all those hoops to get the item that you I needed. Know to chase it up as well it's the chasing up of it as well you know i've gone out of my way to try and contact someone but you've got to go through the robot first before you can actually speak to a human being mm -hmm. yeah right i want to say something about that too too many companies are relying a little too much on ai on artificial intelligence what i'm trying to say is that i feel that they're trying to use artificial intelligence in places where they shouldn't be using it and that online chat, I do recommend the use of chat bots. I've told many of my clients to use chat bots when they can, and I've mentioned it in other episodes of BizCast. But don't use, don't use them to control every aspect because they only know so much. Make sure that this chat bot has the ability to directly get your customer to a living, breathing customer service agent so they can handle the issue at hand. Because a chat bot's not going to be able to help you when you have a very unique problem. Sarah, your issue was very unique. And even with a human person handling your case, they were just not doing what they were supposed to do. You weren't getting the customer service that you were expecting to receive. It was very lackluster. Exactly. 
So I had a few instances with a company, Shutterfly. It's also a national worldwide brand. Mm-hmm. Um, it's usually um, customizable things. I've done uh, gifts on there. I've done Christmas cards. I've done, you name it, they pretty much have it that can customize luggage tags, right. coffee mugs, whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, I've used Shutterfly for some things over the years, numerous things. And there were instances where my um so what shutterfly does is they use ups mail innovations to send products they go to ups over to usps and end up in the united states at least that's what they do and there have been times where when i'm tracking my item because you know they always go track information they end up somehow miraculously it never fails that i end up losing a specific product that i was looking forward to in the UPS mail innovations hub in South Jersey. So I contact Shutterfly about it. Yeah, I have to go through a bot. Um, if I'm going on the webpage, I have to go through a bot to get to the right department. Now that's where bots are useful because once I get to that department, they automatically transfer me to a representative that can actually help me, a live representative. Mm-hmm. But the, the chat bots are helpful. Now when I call Shutterfly, their 800 service number, they actually say, talk to me like you would a real person. What's going on? How can I help you? And I'll tell them, you know, my package is lost in the mail. And they'll direct me to someone who can help me with reordering the package. You can just talk to them like normal. And that's actually what I like about Shutterfly because when I have to call Xfinity for my internet, it's like I have to jump through hoops just mm-hmm. to try to get to somebody. I've if been I there. Have a question, if I have a question on my, um, on my statement... With respect to a specific charge, I don't need the billing prompt. I don't, I mean, yeah, billing would be nice, but then it'll say like, okay, you know, well, I can help you in the automated text service. You know, I have, I send you a video on how to read your bill. That's not what I need. What I need is somebody to answer the question. I have a very specific question about a specific charge on my statement. And it's just frustrating because I like how Shutterfly does things where when you have to call the customer service number on your phone, it's like, talk to me like you would a real person. How can I help you? And it's like, as I said, I tell them, my package got lost in the mail. So they direct me to somebody who can help me reorder it. At least track it at the very least. Mm -hmm. If not track it, then definitely reorder it. And as I said, when I'm contacting them on their uh, webpage, on their chatbot, or even on their app, Heck, even the app does this. They ask you, the chatbot asks you specific questions, specific generalized questions that is like, okay, which of these can I help with? And then which of these of that particular grouping that you just picked can I help with? And then after that, it'll direct you to a live agent in that particular department. So say it's an account issue that I can't log in, you know, then yeah, I go to account, log in issues, and then I get somebody right there at that particular department mm-hmm. helping me with my specific individual question. Right. Chatbot should be set up to where they can speed up the process by answering general questions that it's programmed to answer, but it should not replace a human person. I've mentioned this many times in previous episodes. When you have a unique problem, you need to make sure that your chatbot will direct you to a live customer service agent who will be able to help you out. That's one thing that I like about that Apple's customer service is that when you call them to diagnose your device, that the automated system, if you tell them that you're having a problem with the device you're calling from, 
mm-hmm. that you can download their support app and it will run an automated tool to go through and look at your device and attempt to figure out what's going on before they have to get a tech involved. Mm-hmm. Or at least be able to diagnose what the problem is to route you to the uh, person who will know how to fix it. Right. I've called Apple's customer service for stuff before. Based on my own personal experiences from calling Apple customer service, they can be very helpful. They are not lazy over there. They actually listen to your problem. The first agent you talk to will try to help you out first, see if they can take care of your problem. But if they can't, like you said, they will transfer you to the right department. I know that I've taken some of my Apple machines to the Apple store for service, and they were able to help me get the appointment set up and everything after the troubleshooting steps that they gave me over the phone failed to fix the problem. So then they went ahead, they gave me great customer service, they listened to my issues, and when they couldn't take care of me, they sent me over to the Apple store, which where I left my computer for a few days to get repaired. That's an example of how customer service should be done. If the initial agent or employee cannot take care of the customer, make sure you can send them over to the right department that can get them taken care of. And then, of course, if that department can't get you taken care of, escalate the issue to the next level department right after that. You know, you just go higher and higher up the chain of command until your problem gets solved. Yes. So adding on to that with respect to the Apple Store, I just got a new iPhone. I got Mm -hmm. a new phone, and when I actually went into the Apple, my local Apple Store to pick up the phone, and they said they would, I said, do I have to go to T-Mobile to... uh, get this uh, activated. I said, nope, we can do it right here. So the woman who helped me at first gave me the device, you know, got it set up to where it was able to be set up. They, she actually, because I was trading in my old phone to get this new phone that I have. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not necessarily because the old phone was old. It's just I didn't need all that storage and whatnot. Right. And the size and everything. But that that's another conversation for another time. So what actually happened was she had taken me to a specific area in the back of the store, you know, offered a seat for me, which I thought was very nice to begin with, because let's face it, I like to sit down and relax when I'm working with my phone. I'm actually sitting down and relaxing now while I'm on this meeting. There's a lot of positive experiences on that, because not only did she introduce herself, she introduced somebody who... She actually asked him, are you able to help her? She's doing a phone transfer to a new device. And he said, yeah, absolutely. So she introduced him to me. And I thought that was, you know, first name basis is perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, respect, with respect to, you know, customer service. And yeah, he was helping out another customer, but also made sure to check in with me. And he told me, you know, I'm going to be back and forth. I said, don't worry about it. No big deal. So he was helping a customer and her husband trying to um, work on their computer. So they were having a bit of difficulty there. And I also have an Apple Watch. So I was trying to hook my Apple Watch, link that to my new device. So I was having an issue with that. So at one point there was a, we couldn't figure it out. So he grabbed somebody else, you know, introduced them to me, first name basis, of course, again, mm-hmm. and said, you know, are you able to figure this out? And she said, well, let me see what I can do. And she wasn't able to figure it out. So she said, I'll be right back. I'm going to get a tech and we'll try to figure this out. So she brought over the tech again, first name basis. And I just, I've had nothing but positive experiences with Apple. And I've 
been an Apple user since the 2005 iPod Classic. Big old clunky iPod Classic. Mm -hmm. I remember those. I've had nothing but positive experience with Apple specifically. Because, now again, I can't say anything about Android because I don't own an Android anymore. I switched solely to Apple. But Apple specifically has been nothing but good to me. Their customer service, when I had an issue with my late 2011 MacBook Pro, I had a hard drive issue. And they were able to diagnose it. Yeah, I missed my appointment to switch out the hard drive, but you know what? I was able to do it myself. Mm -hmm. But they give you a window. And then they'll give you like five minutes additional just to be on the safe side because they get it. Life happens. Run late a little bit. You don't want to utilize that five minute additional, but they at least give you that little window if, heaven forbid, you run a little late, which I like. That's another part of improving the customer experience. Offering products that are built like tanks. They don't break easily. They can be repaired easily because the manufacturer has such a great customer service department and repair department. That helps improve things. That's how you earn a repeat customer. When you have such a great product, lasts a long time and wonderful customer service when they treat you on an extremely personal level that's how companies earn repeat business one thing that i like about apple products is that especially the iphone is extremely difficult for hackers to get into right they are very much a privacy-centric and security-centric company. They've got their drawbacks on some of their products, but they are focused on keeping user data safe, and I've noticed that myself, too. I mean, of course, they're, they're not perfect, don't get me wrong, but they offer great customer service, they care about your security and privacy, and if your computer was hacked, their service department will lend a hand to you to help you get your data recovered and your computer working again. Yeah, I just want to sort of shout out the Android smartphones, actually, because I've had them for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've always been brilliant. If you've got an issue, I've found that you can do, there's an app on your phone for whatever phone you've got. I mean, my one's a Motorola, so I can speak to someone at Motorola and they'll tell me what's wrong with the phone and they'll fix it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, vice versa, whatever sort of Android phone you've got, so LG, anything like that. Right. You can go through and I've never had a problem at all getting my phone sorted. Right. I mean, my current phone is about three years old. And I only had one problem with it, which was sorted within a day. For me, Android's pretty good. When it comes to Android devices, whenever you need assistance, you just have to contact the manufacturer of your phone. Of course, if you're on iOS, you're only going to go through Apple, but Android devices are made by many different manufacturers. Even your mobile carriers can also help service your device as well because they have a service department within their customer service department who will help take care of your issues and they'll be able to refer you to the right people if they can't pair your phone. We thank you for listening to the first half of this episode. The conversation continues in part two.